0: Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government. And the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and thank you for joining me. Today, we will be looking at the key findings of the Digital News Report, Australia 2018, and what it means for media and communication professionals in government and the public sector. Now, this particular study is commissioned by the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism at the University of Oxford and it looks at how news is consumed in 37 different countries around the world. In Australia, that particular piece of work is carried out by the News and Media Research Centre at the University of Canberra. Now, we will have a discussion today with a colleague and a friend of mine, Caroline Fisher, who is an Assistant Professor of Communication and Journalism at the University of Canberra. She researches political communication and journalism with a focus on politicians' use of social media and the citizens who follow them. She is previously has worked for the ABC as a journalist, and she was an advisor to the former Queensland Premier, Anna Bly. And she joins me in the studio, Assistant Professor... <laughs> <laughs> Caroline Fisher, welcome.
0: What a very grand opening. Hi, David. <laughs> Lovely to be here.
1: I knew you when you weren't an assistant <laughs> professor.
0: That's right. In a previous life as an ABC <laughs> journalist, that's right. And now, listen, l- give us the
1: top line. Give us the bigger picture. What, what's the change? What's happening this year in terms of the consumption of news media.
0: Look, this uh, report um, is got it's full of firsts for Australia. It's it's a really uh, it's a tipping point type of report. Okay. So we're seeing this for the first time we're seeing o- uh, the consumption of online news sources overtake traditional ..offline, so TV, newspapers, etc. So the shift has finally occurred. We've all been talking about it, that it's going to happen. It's yep. happened okay. in Australia. This year it's happened. That's the other thing we're seeing, we've had another first, that the mobile phone, the mobile device, has overtaken uh, other forms of, uh, you know, computer, desktop um, or laptop for the access of online news. So now the mobile phone is the, you know, more Australians are using that to access news than any other device, you yep. know, for online. And uh, we're also seeing an increase in news consumption. Big jump um, that, we, you know, we are consuming uh, news, you know, more often. More of us are doing it more often.
1: Okay. So... Wh- rolling all of those things together, I don't think any of that is, is a massive surprise. Were you no. as
0: the academics looking at it
1: thinking that that was a big surprise No, that...
0: it's something... I mean, these trends, you know, like I say, everything's been pointing to it and everyone's been saying, oh, look, you know, with the younger generations, it's definitely a generational shift, you know, because we've known that they've been online or and or using social and so we've been predicting that this would happen. But we didn't know how quickly it was going to happen. We didn't know when it was going to happen and so, like I say, so for this year, we've really seen that tipping it's marched over that online and social, uh, that that is now leaving traditional behind. And as, you know, these younger consumers, particularly, I mean, amongst young Australians, you know, absolutely, social media is the main way they're getting news. So, you know, as they get older, we can't see them necessarily returning uh, to, you know, to other forms. Um, so, So, we are seeing this march ahead and I think, like I say, yes, it was predicted, but but we've we've kind of we've the pivot has happened. Okay, but if that's what's happened, what does it mean? What's
1: the relevance of it? What's the change, and what's the impact of this change?
0: Well, look, if I put my you know press secretary hat on back from the good old days, I mean, well, you know, depending on who you're trying to reach, um, it really, really should absolutely dictate the way you are trying to communicate. Um, if if you know if now mobile phones are the main ways that people are accessing online information, that completely changes the way you actually. Uh, you know, present that information on, you know, the online present, you know, mobile presentation is different to general online presentation as is different to, you know, any other type of, whether it's broadcast or newspapers. So from layout through to, you know, size of photographs, types of photographs, headlines, all the rest of it. I mean, mobile now you've really got to be thinking about small screens and eyeballs on small screens because that's where everyone, uh, that's the main device now. Um, And, very much that, yes, I mean, if everyone is going online, if that's where people are, depending on your demographic, uh, then, yeah, you need to be absolutely using, uh, you know, designing your campaign around around online. But can I say it's not everyone, you know, with TV... Strangely enough, it is still you know mm. it is still the main source of news for a lot of people, yep. uh, and for you know large you know very large section of the community. Um, but it's very based on age. I mean, and I can give you the age demographics of who's where. But TV, forty-five plus is still TV, pretty much. Thirty-five to forty-five is around is online and TV. Uh, you know, twenty-four to thirty-four is about is online, and then. 18 to 24 social.
1: But is that changing when we see... Because I, I just think about my own experience and I look yeah. at some of my relations who are a bit older than I am yeah. and I see the uptake that yeah. they have, you know, particularly my 90-year-old aunt is yeah. mad on Facebook.
0: No, no, totally. So, I mean, these are, you know, these are trends, okay, so when I say, you know, the main source of news for a particular age group, so you'll say, well the bulk of that age group falls into that. Of course, ultimately what we're seeing is that Australians, as as are everybody in in you know, in a world with with an internet connection, everyone we're all poly users and poly platform users. Yep. So we're consuming news across multiple platforms uh, or information across multiple platforms. We're not only doing... No one, you know, very few people only watch television anymore. Yep. Um, yes. No, so that's right. So my mum is on Facebook too and she's 80. So it's... But she absolutely gets, you know, she might be on Facebook yes. but she doesn't read news on Facebook. Right. She gets her news from the ABC TV 7 o'clock appointment bulletin Yes. and or still gets the Sydney Morning Herald. Yeah. So, you know, um, so, yes, Polly users but certainly you see in key demographics there are still main sources of news uh, that the majority, you know, or the biggest chunk of that age sector is using. Mm.
1: Now, you gave us a bit of an insight there before because this podcast obviously is for... Big rise in
0: podcasts, by the
1: way. No, well, that that (laughs) doesn't surprise me. You know, I think, well, we can come to a discussion about podcasts in a moment because I think that, you know, the ubiquity of the phone, you know, the ease of being able to, um, you know, as you walk, listen, as Mm. you walk the dog, as you exercise, you know, you can fill in that space with podcasts. Mm. Like, I'm mad for it. Mm. It's transformed the way I consume um, Mm. audio. Like, Mm. I don't listen to radio news bulletins anymore. Because what I do is bring to myself the information, education and entertainment that Mm. I want. Mm. So I curate my own.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: not that interested in what you know, some producer might want to tell me in some way. So God,
0: that is so interesting. We should come to that, uh, hold that thought about this control that you want over your information diet. Yes. And that you are wanting to make the decisions about what's in it rather than a journalist because that's exactly why people are following people, politicians, politicians on social media for that very reason. So okay. let's come back to that. So
1: let's come back to that. But let's then just look at this change and, and you sort of alluded to it before about if I am a government communicator, I have to be thinking mobile. Oh, yeah. I have to be thinking design. What Fundamentally, what are the shifts and what are the skills that I am going to have to pick up to be an effective government communicator in this new environment? This is a different world. This is a different place. So how? what, what skills am I going to have to have and what mindset am I going to have to have to be able to best represent the policy... ..the program, the service or the regulation on behalf of of my government?
0: Um, look... I think the mindset is who is my audience and how do I best speak to them? And it wouldn't matter what the technology was. if you, That's got to be your mindset. It's not about, your, you know, the traditional skills that you always had or the press release or whatever it is, the email. It's got to be where is my audience? Now, if your audience is young, then you've got to be thinking, okay, well, where are they? Yeah. And let, how do I get to them and do I speak in their language? And all the rest of it, okay? Um, and...
1: So it's just personalization really. First of all, audience first, but then personalization to that particular you know, if there is such a thing as a grouping anymore, I'm not quite sure that there no, is. I, you know, I don't this think, audience no, of one right. really is is taking over my thinking that really you know, yeah. everybody's different.
0: Well that's right. And I think that's one of the things you see is when you go onto online services or you subscribe to whatever they ask you, well, how do you want to receive your information? You know, you can <laughs> receive it in hundred and five ways. Which yeah. one suits you best? Yeah. And so I, I guess giving people those options is 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 um is you know, it's the way to go. But how do you keep up? Like, oh, I I'm, it's I'm exhausting. A I, I'm a government communicator, mm. and
1: I'm getting—you know—every other day, I'm—you know—going to a barbecue and someone's telling me about a new emerging platform that you've got to be on because oh. this is where those people are. I know. It's—it's—it it is overwhelming. I've you got so many things to do. I've got—how am I going to stay
0: on top of it? Uh, you uh, well, you have to play with it yourself. You d- you just have to be exposed to it. You have to, you just have to go to where it is, and you've got to play with it, and you've got to experiment with it, and try it out, and take risks, and see if it works. Uh, I, there is no other way around it. Have we ever done anything? It's just it happen- it's happening at such a fast pace. Yeah, you know, it used to happen slowly. You know, we'd yeah. go from you know reel to reel tape to a cassette to a to a to a CD, but that all happened over the pace of you know twenty years, not you know a new platform every every six months. So. Um, There is no way around it other than to... So there's no magic
1: solution really around this stuff and trying to keep up. There's nothing that you can say (laughs) as an assistant professor, (laughs) here is my advice to you... My advice to you is to go with
0: the flow. Okay. Uh, you know, look, as I teach my journalism students, there are core skills, there are core ways about communicating, communicating clearly and the use of language and things like that, but the way you adapt them to different technologies and different platforms, that's that's platform specific. I can't teach my students how to use every single social media platform in the world, but there are lots of apps and online places and lynda.com and online resources to teach them how to use the latest app. I teach them, you know, yeah. the best way to communicate. The basics, and the basics. yeah, that are universal and, and yeah. then then can be applied anywhere. Um, of course I teach them the difference between sort of, you know, mobile communication versus online or TV. But beyond that, you know, trying to, you know, me trying to teach them, the, you know, in class the difference between, you know, the intricacies of between Snapchat and, and Reddit and every other thing, ultimately I'd give them an assignment to do that and they can go and find out for themselves. <laughs> um, but that's actually the best way to find out, sure. you know. So um, is to have a look and give it a go and and that's all you can do. And at the end of the day, people end up using what they feel comfortable with. Uh, However, as communications professionals, we do have to know, uh, we we just have to learn how to use it, whether we're comfortable with it or not. Um, Understand the the basics.
1: Jump in. Test and learn, refine, (laughs) get on with it.
0: Absolutely. Okay. And overcome the fear. You know, I think that's the thing. You know, I think we we all, you know, I'm getting older and I'm having to teach younger people all these new things. At the end of the day, you do just have to jump in and not worry. And I think the thing is, of course, the space in which we write and communicate now is getting smaller and smaller all the time And, and the time allocated to read this information is getting smaller and smaller all the time. ...that, you know we worry about oh is it right is it accurate you know all well, accuracy and all of that's really important but we must you know we mustn't get so hung up you know we really do have to think about about speed and getting stuff out there and not worry so much about am i am i an expert in this before yeah. i use it yeah. no use it and learn and and uh, you know, sometimes you can communicate your expertise. It doesn't matter; it's part of the conversation. It's social.
1: You know, so. Sure. Okay. Well, let's go to that point that we were going to. Let's pick back up that um, point from just a, a mm. couple of minutes ago. This notion of choice, this mm. notion of control mm. in the audience. Mm. So, I've, I've understood the basics. I'm, I'm <laughs> testing and learning. I'm jumping in. I'm doing what I can. But I'm trying to create a relationship with a particular part of the community, mm-hmm. a particular group, whoever that may be. But they have, um, as Les Hinton, uh, Rupert Murdoch's right-hand man, I heard him say it the other day on a podcast, he talks about people now having infinity in the palm of their hands. Mm, mm. This is the the, the phone. This is Mm, that ability mm. to be able to have whatever they like choosing, controlling what they're going Mm. to draw to them. Mm. So is that something that came out of the research as well, this massive shift or change that people are now much harder to get to because they are only consuming what it is that they're looking for?
0: So there's a couple of things to that. Yes, we have infinity. So what that shows, though, is that actually people are, I think because they can now access it, and often for free, people have uh, arranged to, you know, access to so many different sources. So we find that people are accessing a lot of news sources and not, you know, there's a, there's a big section of the communi- uh, community that's, you know, reading three, four or five plus news sources online. So that's got to be a good thing, yeah? There's yep. also still a section of the community that's not, not doing that. Yep. But still, there's, so there's availability and people are taking advantage of it. So that's a good thing. Yep. Um, and I've now lost my train of thought. You're going to have to bring me back there. Um, so, yeah, can you bring me okay. back to no, the, Well, it's, it's, to... it's
1: back to this point of choice. Yeah, the, 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 okay. yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. All right, so... What we have found then as well um, is that people, uh, particularly in relation to uh, politicians and following politicians, um, which we we asked these particular questions last year, but we followed up on these, follow you know, who's following politicians again this year. One of the, you know, the big reasons, the big... There are two main reasons why people follow politicians and parties on social media. One is uh, because they support it. But equally, and if, if not slightly higher, is because they want to access... Information that is unfiltered by other people. <laughs> they want to read it for themselves, get it straight from the horse's mouth yep. and not have it edited, filtered, whatever by journalists. Okay. And that's why they do it.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. But they but, but this sense of control though, if I'm a government mm. communicator and I've got people have got this force filled up around them, around their choice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and their control, mm-hmm. again, what is the best way to connect with them? What is the best way to create that relationship, to get my story through? in this world of, you know, infinite choice? How, how do I earn a share of their time and their attention?
0: Oh, my God, David. Um, it's a million-dollar question, isn't it? Um, well, it is, and it's a big challenge. Yeah, it is a really big challenge. It, it depends on who your demographic is, really. Um, yeah. So, I mean, younger people on the whole, they're not as interested in news and, and, and politics and stuff as, as older people. Yeah. Um, so well, I think I there's ways around that, are though, ways. isn't there? There you know, is. There's a th- the way you present it. So you might yeah. have to just present it in a less formal way, a yeah. less, you know, traditionally uh, present it less as reportage and, and and more engaging or entertaining in some other way. It's all about presentation, yeah. yeah. Well, um, and
1: relevance to me. Relevance, I, I think relevance absolutely. is the relevance key. Is is the, absolutely to, the key, Which yeah. goes back to that point around audience and really knowing... Your audience and using as many sources as you possibly can, both informal and formal, yeah. qualitative and quantitative, yeah. to give yourself your best chance by understanding what it is that people are interested in, in whatever particular area that you're, you're operating in, yeah. and being able to be consistent, useful, relevant
0: but I tell over you, time. One thing that I absolutely would do as much as possible, okay, by all means do your packaged material, whatever it is that you're doing, but I would then also put up the unedited version, you know, or whatever, you know, the, You know, put up the full interview. Yep. Don't just put up the 10-second grab. I would put up the unedited, you know, interview. I would put up live stream, whatever you're doing. People do seem to want to be able to go and check themselves to 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 see the comment in context yep. and not just the selection that you made, whether you're a content marketer or whether you're a journalist, you, yep. you are making selections. Sure. And so what, what do you let... T- what you leave out, what you put in.
1: So the I mean, more consumers authentic are very
0: savvy to that, and they it. think, well, okay. Well, what else did that person say? <laughs> right. I didn't get to hear the rest of what that person said, and was it taken out of context? Yeah. Put the whole thing up there. Have your nice little package with your music and graphics and whatever it is, and your key message. But then I'd have the full interview there as well for those who want more, who want to f- hear it unedited. Yeah, I think that is a really that's a strong feeling that I get. From um, particularly these information hungry people, yeah, they really want unedited information. And how many people
1: are information hungry as a percentage of the population? Okay. And is it growing? It seems to yeah, be, yeah it is growing. The the, the the survey seems to suggest that people are uh, are looking for more.
0: Yeah, so we've had a fifteen percent rise this year in people who wow. are accessing news more than once a day.
1: Okay, that's that's huge. a lot. That's huge.
0: Yeah, off the top of my head, I can't tell you who's accessing it ten or t- more times a day. I can get that for you. It's in the report. Um, but that's but but that's a big increase. Yeah, you know, yep. um, you know. And what's what's driving that? Look, um, we. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's possible. I mean, what we're seeing is. Um, We've also seen an increase in trust in news. We've seen this increase in access to news. Australians have always been big news consumers. Yeah. We've also seen an increase in social uh, media activity, which is actually against the trend globally. Uh, So social media for news is going backwards or stagnating globally, where in Australia it's still increasing. Um, We've just always been very big information consumers and we're very early adopters of technology and I think really um, it's also, you know, and, and people, when we say how do you, you know, oh, well, people are accessing news more than once a day. But also how do you access news? Do you, Is it that you're bumping into it on social? Yeah. Um, or are you seeking it directly? I mean, you can access it in 101 ways, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, you're, if our um, if people are increasing their use of social, for instance, they may well also be bumping into more news. Right. You know, yep. so it's, it, it depends on uh, how you slice that, you know, that, that bit of information, um, whether or not they're, yeah, they're going straight to a website saying I'm seeking news and I'm going to go to the ABC website to seek news yep. or I'm going to Facebook to see, what you know, how my friend's holiday is going. Oh, and I bumped into a story along the way.
1: But what you're suggesting really is that, that there's an in- innate appetite for news and information within the wider Australian yep. population yep. and all technology's done is enabled that to be... Totally. ..got That's out right. a little bit more and... and
0: That's right. And obviously we're seeing harder. this big increase in online use and so the more you're going online, every time you're going online, then you're bound to bump into some kind of information, particularly... Yeah. So I think we're just increasingly online, increasingly either, you know, socially active and interacting with news incidentally or purposely that way and or we're seeking it directly.
1: Now, you mentioned the T word, trust. Ah. Yeah. Uh, you, and you said it's increasing, trust. I know.
0: Look, you know, in, in maybe media? surprise, surprise. So the trust in news uh, has gone up this year. So um, last year it, for, for our survey it was at about 42% um, and that was low. It had dropped a little bit in uh, for last year. This year it's... It's gone up to 50%. And now,
1: how does that compare with the rest of the world?
0: Uh, in, there's in, been a, a rise, uh, a small rise in other countries. Um, but on the whole, uh, we're fairly standard. We're at kind of at a global average there for okay. around trust where we used to be below it. Right. So why has that happened? I think that it's partly to do with the fake news scare. Right. Uh, that's been a big debate here. We're big social media users, even though the debate around fake news is primarily primarily been in America, we seem to cover American politics more than we cover our own. I mean, you, you know, it dominates every bulletin, you know, you, yep. you go to. So there's been a lot of debate about it and um, and I but think that that... What's that? And Edelman showed a similar thing. So the Edelman Trust Survey f- showed a similar thing globally as well, that what what that has done is increase trust in mainstream media. Yes. So the trust in social media... In, that's right. In those legacy media brands, trust is up. Yeah. Trust is down. In social, so when I say trust in news is, is at fifty yeah. percent, that's in yeah, absolutely. But if you ask for trust trust in news on social media, it's at twenty four percent. Yeah, <laughs> and that's down from last year. Yeah. So I think that's what's happening, and it, like I say, Edelman shows that shift as well between mainstream news. You know, they they their distinctions between journalism and social. Yeah. Ours is between you know traditional news brands and social media. Uh, also, we ask it about trust of, of uh, news online, and that's around thirty four. So it's still a much lower. ..than traditional news brands.
1: Now, you, this is about news in the media... ..but it doesn't get into trust in government, though, does it?
0: It doesn't. No, we don't look at that um, specifically. Um, but, again, if you look at um, Edelman um, and uh, for this year, for Australia... Uh, ..trust in government is, you know, is pretty low. Um, uh, and I think it's dropping. Mm. Um Interestingly, I think trust in business and CEOs, that had gone up a little bit for Australia from, from the Edelman report and trust in media again was low that they recorded there. Um, a report that was done by IGPA, the Institute for uh, uh, Government Policy yeah. uh, Administration at, uh, at UC uh, last year or the year before, it showed that trust in politics was very low. Um, oh, about two years ago. So... Um, so how do we as, as government mm, communicators help to fix that? Look, I think government communicators have have a real problem, actually, but but because um, you know, where, where does where does politics end and government communications start? you know and in the as professional communicators we understand the difference between you know politicians press secretary yeah. and someone who works in a department and trying to get out you know health information about new tobacco tax or whatever yeah. um, we understand the differences but i think for um, the average uh, citizen i think that distinction's really hard um, i think that uh, so i think that the issue of trust is really difficult um, because government comms for citizens isn't that, you know their understanding of it isn't that nuanced yeah well,
1: sure. I, I, the way I've always looked to try to explain it to people is that it's, it's, it's the role of the politicians to advocate, ad, advocate, yep. but it's the role of the, the government department to explain. Yeah. You know, what is the policy? What is the program? What is the regulation? Here's the detail. Here's the information. And to present it in the most compelling and interesting way possible. I think there's that differentiated there. Yep. But I do take your point that someone sitting out in, you know, general population land is probably not going to... See it that way, you know. They probably, you know, see it all as one.
0: Well, I think so. Particularly, for instance, particularly if you rely on uh, TV and what you're seeing is government ads promoting yep. or whatever, yep. you know. And you know, okay, it might be an information ad, but it's still promoted by somebody and sponsored by somebody, mm. um, and it's coming over, and it's it, it's still it's still. There's still policy policy from, from a partisan, you know, from a political party, um, whether that... Uh, yes, it's implemented by a government, but it's still something from the government of the day. And I just think, gov- you know, politicians are on the nose. And so I do think that there is an issue there. If you can absolutely play it straight, if we can absolutely make sure there is, you know, really no spin in it... I mean, that hangover from the 80s, the whole... You know, that, that spin... 20 years of spin, (laughs) completely ruined, you know, uh, any sense of authenticity and trust in government comms. I mean, you know, you've got to play it so straight because I think we're still... I think it's still tainted from that era and I think there is distrust and I think that on the whole people are completely still sick of slogans. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they just want really straight information. Mm. Now, interestingly
1: also the survey, um, just returning to the audience, that people are reluctant to sort of get involved... Mm more in political views to express their views what's that about?
0: It is interesting. so yeah, there was a question asked this year about whether or not people um, really whether they were concerned uh, about expressing their political views on social media right and we found interestingly that people in Australia are more concerned about this than in other since not all other countries but in you know many other countries and particularly amongst young people uh, and we asked them about whether or not it was you know, you know, are you con- I think the question was along the lines of do you, you know, do you, are you cautious about what you say because it might change the way either friends and family think about you, an acquaintance thinks about you and or potential you know, employers and authorities might think about you. And they're concerned generally. Uh, and it's interesting. I did a talk back on um, Triple J Hack about this the other day. Yeah. And it was really interesting listening to the, the to the callers, you know, because we can look at the data and we can interpret it the best we can. But actually, speaking to young people who had strong views about it was fantastic, and it supported our suppositions. I did, yeah. That look, primarily, I mean, if you've anyone's got a kid at school, actually, huge awareness around. Um, ..around your digital footprint, really, and right. and your digital, you know, reputation. Yeah. And the
1: legacy of... The legacy.
0: That's yeah. right. So, you know, you don't want to put up a nude selfie. Well, no. you might want to <laughs> if you're, gonna, you know, trying to get a job at Playboy. But if you're not, yeah. uh, very few other employers are going to find that as a, you know... <laughs> ..as a great item to have on your digital CV. So, um, yeah, so people are very mindful. Young people are very mindful about their digital reputation. So that's one thing. The other thing is that uh, because we have such a, um, a high percentage of young people using social media and they've been doing it for a long time, uh, they're very aware of the negative online culture and so people are cautious about trolling and and just, yeah, being being kind of attacked really. Yeah. Is, it, is, um, is that and changing also, at all? Is that, is that softening at all? Because don't I don't you know. Look, in my experience... To be honest, I, I find uh, a lot of the um, the social media culture so appalling. Yeah. I, I use it less and less. I use it for research purposes. Yeah. But as a place to go for information and actually interact with people, I can't stand it. It's so yeah. negative. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 and I'm sure I'm not the only person who's found it that way. Yeah. Look, but the other thing with these young people, why they might be a bit reluctant, is also for many people, they just want to keep social social. Yeah. You know, they don't want to discuss politics there. They they want to go and talk about movies or whatever and share memes and and find out about someone's holiday. Um, So, I mean, we do know that, yes, of course there's a cohort of highly interested, engaged... um, People Boys. aged 18 to 24. <laughs> but actually on the whole we also know that those yeah. people who rely on social media for news and are there and are young, they are less interested in news, they're less interested in politics and so maybe they just want to keep it social. Okay. Now, anything else that we've, we haven't picked up? For out I think of one of the demographics we haven't talked about and I think as a communicator really important um, is the, the, the urban-regional split. Right. So... For and and I think for government communicators we have to really think about this. So what it shows that whilst we've got this big gallop, on you know towards mobile and online for urban com- communities, it's not. I mean it's much slower. For and the people in regional and remote that's areas, that's connectivity.
1: Based? Connectivity
0: we assume absolutely, yeah. um, and just lack of choice as well. You know, um, and so they're very dependent on. Um, but the bandwidth's on, not there. No, no, that's right. Bandwidth's yeah. not there, so they're not using their mobiles as much, um, and they're not online as much. Uh, so they're very—they're still relying much more on TV and and where they can papers, but much more TV because, in fact, in many places they haven't got a local paper anymore. Yeah. Um, and trust in in news information, you know, uh, news is lower as well in those areas, and we think possibly as well because of the, you know, the decline in local. Uh, new services and things that maybe it's a relevance issue, you know, that they're not getting as much information that they feel is relevant to them. Yeah. So I think that's hugely important for people to take on board. I so whilst we I, say I the gallop away towards mobile that. and 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 online, yeah. Okay. For yeah. this cohort. Yeah. But you've got to then again tailoring. There's no one way. It's got to be individual. It's got to be re- it's got to be on a postcode basis. You know, not not because of that's sort of, not not based on electric lines, yeah. but based on yeah connectivity really. Yeah. Um. Uh, and. So I really wouldn't forget that. I think that's hugely important.
1: Yeah, I think that's, th- that's fascinating insight because often, you know, there is a need to, you know, same story, but if there's different ways to get it there. But as you say, it comes back to the audience. Where, you know, how are they getting their information and then how can you turn up in a way that's relevant to them that they will give you some consideration to hand over a yeah. bit of their time and their attention. Well, fascinating that's- stuff once again. You know? Thanks, David. Yeah, any other
0: sort of major surprises, anything else there that you, you sort of thought to yourself, meh? Yeah. yeah, one of the things that we... We, did, we asked this year about news literacy and we hadn't kind of looked at that what's before. What's that? <laughs> yeah, what's news literacy? What is news literacy? Well, it's about um, how much knowledge people bring to the table with them, really, when they go to consume information, so news okay. in this case. Right. And... So it's not just it's not a current affairs test. It's not you know gee what happened last week. You know who's the, who's the president of Russia or whatever. It's not that type of information. It's really about understanding the, the yeah the information environment, and so that it can help you interpret the news that you're using. And it's up. No, Australia's news literacy is really low in comparison to other countries. Oh. Ours is bad. Oh yeah, it's around about thirty four percent. So I mean, not that our method is foolproof, but one of the ways of doing one of the ways of measuring news literacy, and there is no one way. There's lots of ways, uh, but one of the ways is that you do ab- ask questions about the information environment. So, for instance, they asked a question about the funding of the ABC. Was it you know what was it funded by advertising or yeah. did it receive government funding, for yeah. instance? Um, and uh, another question was about Facebook and about ..you know, how was the new selection decided? Was it by a person or an algorithm? You know, this type okay. of thing. Uh, and then there was another question about public relations and oh. the different there. So quite specific questions. They were specific questions. But what they were getting to was how much do you understand, you understand. about communication environment? And yeah. therefore that helps you, you know, to, how do you therefore interpret the, the information you're receiving? Yeah. And really low. On the whole, yeah, like I say, about 30% um, of uh, people got those answers right. Right. Yeah okay. so only you know 30% people knew that the abc didn't receive ad um, advertising that it was actually funded by taxes. I mean oh. that's pretty bizarre. Yeah. I mean worrying really. Um out al- you know the al- the whole thing about facebook and the algorithm yeah, very yeah. few people understood that and given how much debate there's been around that yeah. I found that quite surprising. I was less surprised about people not understanding the kind of distinct role of pr uh from say news um We who work in the comms industries, of course, think that's blindingly obvious. Yeah. Uh, So that didn't surprise me so much, but those other two really surprised me. Mm. Um, Yeah.
1: So where can people get access to the whole report? Because as you said before, they might want to go through the whole thing and have a look at it. Not just your version of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and hopefully mine's accurate. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you can find it in two places. Uh, One is on Australian uh, Policy Online, APO. Okay. Uh, APO.org. .org, .org, I think it is. Who is it? I can't. Don't ask me that. Just Google it. Uh, So Australian Policy Online, it's there. And uh, it's also if you go to the News and Media Research Centre at the University University of Canberra, Canberra, you'll find a link to it. Okay. And that will actually send you off to... And
1: so there's a bit of the research and there's also some insights from a lot of the other... There's
0: commentary uh, in there as well and... Look, it's actually it's a really meaty report this year. Um, it's you know nearly a hundred pages, and so f- for some people it'll be far too much. And there are dot points for those, and a, and, a, and an executive summary for those who don't want to read further. But what we found is actually that our reports um, have been really used quite a lot and referred to a lot uh, in the policy space. And so we've been increasingly you know, providing more and more information. So there's a lot of graphs and a lot of data in there for those who want it.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure whether I should be scared or whether I should be optimistic, but I think I will go and have a lie down <laughs> because it is just like that. That's just how I feel pretty much most days trying to work this whole show out. And I'm not sure. I think you make a good point. I'm not sure it's going to change anytime soon. So anyway, let's get used to it. Those of us who work in the government communications business. So, Assistant Professor Caroline Fisher, <laughs> when do you become? A, how do you become a full professor?
0: Oh, that's how, a discussion for a an another day and probably off the record. <laughs> um, you know, you, you have to go for a promotions process, okay. and uh, you know, I've got a couple of years before I have to do that. Very good. Well, good luck with that. And to you,
1: the audience, thank you very much for coming by once again. Truly uh, appreciate it. If you would like to go to your favorite podcasting app and rate and review the show. That would help other people to discover it, which we would be very grateful for. Um, great insights, I think, in that interview there with the assistant professor and uh, really so much information. So duck across to apo.org.au. So thanks again for coming by this week and I will be back at the same time next week. But for the moment, it's bye for now.
0: You've been listening to the GovCom's podcast podcast.